Hello and welcome to the Rev It Up Podcast, helping entrepreneurs fill up their tanks, crank up the RPMs, and put the pedal to the metal until they cross that finish line. Hello, I'm Jess Tiffany. Ready, set, go. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have uh, an awesome guest here, uh, Yag Nishwaran Ganesh. Um, he is a top 100 global MarTech influencer, TEDx speaker, author of seven books. Uh, uh, one is called The Revenue Marketing Book, and um, he also is a host at ABM Conversations podcast. So welcome to the show. Hey, absolutely excited to be here, uh, Jess. You know, uh, so happy to connect with you today. Excellent. So um, before we get too far into things, I always like to give people an opportunity to know where to find you uh, on, on the internet. Right. So I'm like uh, most active on LinkedIn. Uh, so that's where I hang out like at least uh, almost like say 10 hours a day. Uh, and apart from that, uh, the easiest to connect with me is uh, probably also on my uh, email. That is uh, once people get to my website, yagneshwaran.com, uh, you know, you just can fill up a form. It comes to my email and uh, I can get into the conversation. But if you want an immediate response, LinkedIn is the place to go. Okay, perfect. So make sure you find and connect uh, with Yog today. Uh, on LinkedIn. And um, so tell me a little bit about, um, um, I've always kind of thought these TEDx talks were really cool. So I just kind of wanted to ask you about how that experience was for you. Oh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. You know, back then in 2016, I was uh, working for an AI-based startup called Find. And uh, there was this TEDx uh, uh, TEDx event that was happening in Bangalore. And every TEDx event uh, has a theme with it. And they, their theme was on AI. And uh, they found me to be one of the guests who could speak on those topics. And uh, we, we had people speaking about, you know, uh, that particular theme where how AI go was to affect uh, humans going forward, like, you know, uh, like for or against kind of a setup. So that's how it was. And uh, for me, you know, it was an entirely different speaking experience because most of my um, speaking gigs, when I go up on stage, like I, I always go impromptu. Uh, it, it never really works for me if I prepare too much because speaking from the head doesn't work. I just go with the flow. Uh, and whereas, you know, TEDx works very differently. Like you need to have like four or five curation rounds and they need to exactly know what you're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. So that was quite a different experience, but I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of the same way. I kind of have like, like bullet points that I want to hit and I just kind of roll with it uh, most of the time. And so it's kind of hard to, when you have that script, it's a little different uh, challenge altogether. So that's pretty cool. And um, so um, obviously this is, uh, you know, rev it up with a uh, podcast. Uh, so we do like to talk about revenue. Um, what are maybe, uh, you know, maybe one, one or two things that um, like, if if you just really have a goal and you need to hit it and you just need to get that revenue just kind of pumped up a little quicker, is there a couple of little buttons that you can push to kind of give it an extra room? Right. So one of the first things that in that kind of situation, what I will do is uh, I will immediately go to my sales guy uh, or the account executive and I'll ask them like, what are the uh, two or three accounts that you want to close this quarter? Because instead of generating demand and then that going through a process, uh, you know, I can immediately help the sales guy close that deal. So I'll ask them like, what is it they want? And who is, who, what is the account that they're working on? And I can probably help them with a set of things around that, be it content or be it connecting with people or anything around that to help them close, to help them push the button. So at the end of the day, I think uh, the more you're aligned uh, to sales, the more you're aligned to customer success, the more you are aligned to customer support. And all these three things work together. 
that's when you really make an impact. And uh, the funny thing about demand per se as it is, is that a lot of people look at demand generation from the standpoint of building a contact list and it does not work at all. You know, your salespeople always know the accounts that are really going to close and the things that are really going to work for them. Whereas if you're generating a list of people who downloaded an ebook and then you're going to, uh, you know, pass it over to the sales team, that's definitely not going to work. So that's, that's one thing that I do. And uh, second is I like to go back to uh, the existing customers and see what else I can do with them. You know, expanding and farming on, on an existing account is something that I will, it's like very easily ignored. Uh, that's something that I will always do. Number three is that I can ask for a reference with my existing customers. Like if you can get more of your customers on your customer advisory board and they become your sort of influencers, then, uh, you know, the cost of acquiring a new customer also comes down. So those are the three things that comes to mind immediately. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's always uh, easier to go back to pre-existing clients and uh, either, you know, offer them something additional or, um, you know, or, you know, if it's a repeat purchase thing, obviously they can, you know, you know, get some more, get some more milk and groceries uh, when they need them on the right, right intervals. But, uh, um, and has there been a, um, a marketing campaign that, uh, just, uh, that really uh, just uh, took off for you guys that you kind of maybe, maybe it was even unexpected? Oh, yes. Uh, that was one experiment that I can uh, talk about particularly is that uh, about two years back, I was working on a chat product uh, and uh, we were uh, competing with the likes of, uh, say, intercoms and drifts of the world. And uh, what we wanted to do differently was that if we were to take on any of these people uh, directly and uh, go bid on bid in terms of your uh, performance marketing or in terms of your uh, legion, it was never going to work or even in terms of content. So what we tried to do was uh, we were actually going after, uh, we just thought let's pick out or handpick about like hundred accounts that we want to go after. And then um, let's, you know, do a small uh, campaign where we say that, Hey, you know what? I'll give you my product for free for one year. Uh, and uh, this is where we are different. This is where we have a different set of features, which might solve your problem, which your current product does not. Uh, and uh, if that makes sense, um, give us a whirl. And secondly, we are also happy to give you walk through a demo and uh, solve any of your questions that you might have. And let's see how it goes. And interestingly, you know, that uh, was something that uh, really took off uh, because we thought it was just a try. And we don't know if that would really work or if that will backfire to us. But interestingly, what happened was uh, that was one of those campaigns where we didn't invest a lot of money. Uh, it was just a selected set of accounts. We started connecting them one-to-one and it started working. And then we realized that, you know, once you uh, give your product for free uh, to a selected set of people, not to everyone, like the content itself or the selection process in itself should be so qualified that every conversation makes sense. And once that happens, the conversion is always higher. You, we didn't have to spend on AdWords we didn't have to spend on email campaigns. We didn't have to do Facebook ads, nothing. You know, just focused. We went after these 100 people. And in, in about like uh, three to four months, we were able to convert at least a good 25% of them. Wow. Well, that's fantastic. That's an excellent uh, conversion rate too as well for... Um, uh, now, would that be considered a software as a service uh, SaaS product then? Yes, it is. It was, Yes. Fantastic. That's, yeah, that's really good. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So you kind of, kind of like a, a, a freemium model, I think they call it, uh, I hear sometimes, but, yeah. but, uh, but you had it more specific targeted to your ideal clients versus just kind of throwing it out to anybody that wants to download it type thing. Right, right. Absolutely. Very, very, very smart. Um, so tell me um, a little bit, because uh, a lot of people, I don't think know what a, uh, a top 100 global MarTech 
uh, influencer is. Right. Uh, you know, for me, it was a surprise in itself, uh, you know, back in 2015 or something like that. Uh, uh, Onaltika, uh, you know, suddenly listed me up and uh, they tagged me on Twitter. I had no idea that this was happening. And uh, I woke up to that surprise that day and I was like, wow, really? What did I do? Uh, and <laughs> and it just happened. So, uh, you know, as, as an individual, I've always been uh, interested in Arctic. Um, so the, the funny part about uh, my life is that uh, as, I, as I've grown older and older, there are too many things in marketing that I don't want to do anymore. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, it was a consecutive set of eliminations over the last 10, 12 years, if, if I may call that. And, uh, you know, I've realized that IT management is not a set of products that I want to work on or cybersecurity is not a set of products that I want to work on. I mean, I've dipped my toes into that. And then I've realized that I don't relate to the day-to-day life of uh, those customers, right? With, with MarTech, I found that I was extremely passionate because I was a marketer myself and I was using many of these tools and I knew what was integrating, what was not integrating, what was not solving my problem. And uh, things like, uh, you know, products don't really solve your problem unless you know uh, your entire customer journey and are plugging the right products in the right place. Otherwise, it's only going to blow up your products. So I was talking about all of these things on LinkedIn. I was talking about this on my personal blog on my website or even some of the blogs that I wrote on Forbes or other places in that meantime. And it gathered good amount of traction. And then over a period of time, set up people like that. And uh, we built a lot of friends during that time. And uh, I, I never really knew that this, this thing from Onaltica was happening. But uh, then I realized that Onaltica does also list up like top 100 or top 50 influencers in each of those domains. Uh, I don't know if they do it anymore but they used to do it until like 2017 or 2018. And uh, yeah, it just happened. I didn't work for it. It just happened. Oh, wow. Very awesome. Well, that's excellent. Um, congratulations on that. Anyway. Uh, um, Thank you. It's uh, it's quite an honor. So I had this kind of funny thing happen. Um, I, I think it's funny. Anyway. Um, so I, I got this email or whatever, congratulating me on making a kind of a list similar to yours, but it was like, um, I can't remember. It was like top 100 most influential women. Uh, which that's not me. So I was a little confused by that, but uh, so I, I don't know if they forgot to look at the picture, but I, I do have a Jess as my name. And that, that is also a, can be a lady's name. Uh, so I, I get what, why it happened. And my last name's Tiffany, which is also a first name for girls here in the United States. So anyway, uh, I got teased <laughs> a lot as a kid, but. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, the fun factor is that uh, uh, after this, I also, um, you know, used to receive a lot of other kind of emails where you say like, hey, Yag, you know, uh, we can, uh, we are going to award you uh, the top, uh, the top marketer in the whole of Asia or, you know, you know, the whole of uh, uh, US and this thing, you have to pay me so much. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not into that business. Yeah, <laughs> so no, no. That also happens. No. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't uh, yeah, pay. <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen those too. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. All kinds of uh, shysters out there trying to take money. I don't know if that's a. I don't even know what that word means, but that's what uh, people used to say when I was growing up. Somebody <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah. tries to trick you, I don't know. Um, so, um... Hey everybody, Jess here. What if I could help your company find over $100,000 in hidden revenue streams in less than an hour without spending an extra dime on advertising or marketing? Reach out to me at cardzap.thebumpcard.me. Check out the video on Five Steps to Profit and also reach out and we can have a conversation. Thank you. Well, very cool. So tell us a little bit about uh, the, the current uh, stuff you're working on. It looked kind of, sounded kind of interesting with the, with the, was it Pramati, I think it's called. Right. 
So at Pramati, you know, uh, it's, it's been a fantastic uh, one, one and a half years now with them. And uh, I work for a business unit called Rev Marketing, uh, which is again into MarTech. And uh, I work on a couple of products. Uh, one is into uh, chatbots and the other is into uh, content recommendation. Um, so it's, it's been a, a funny ride where uh, we've launched two products in the span of uh, one year. Uh, things have uh, did slow down between March to June, but things are picking up again. But uh, it's been an amazing ride. You know, we get to do a lot of experiments. And the fun part about uh, the different business units at Pramati is that uh, each of them work like a startup on its own. And I've always been a startup guy. Like, you know, I don't like to work in a big process oriented place. I'm not a process guy. You know, I, I love to thrive in a little bit of chaos uh, where you just tell me that, hey, you know what, yeah, I, this is what we're looking to accomplish. And then I take it up. Uh, I don't love to get into meetings every now and then. Like I, I do my stuff and then I say, hey, you know what? This is done. Uh, let me know what you feel about it. I mean, there are there are interactions that go on in between. There are strategic aspects and then there are um, pivoting that happens from time to time. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, one thing that has happened uh, because of COVID is that uh, the too many meetings have actually cut down uh, and uh, we, we get on Zoom calls only when really needed. So that's been a blessing in disguise. Yeah, well, that's... There's always a couple little uh, pluses that sometimes happen during crisis, it seems like. But uh, um, so that's interesting. Well, the trick is then how do you, uh, you know, capture those good things that do you, you do discover and then apply that when the when the crisis is gone. So that'll be interesting to see how people uh, readjust to, you know, when things finally get back to, you know, somewhat normal. Right. Um, you know, that the thing about that is, uh, you know, I've also believed, uh, you know, if I, I, even before COVID, right? So I've always believed that uh, the, the future was going to be, or, or is going to be more and more into gig economy, where I think uh, we are going to be getting into a phase where probably we'll get uh, three or four emails every day in the morning uh, that assigns us a specific set of work. And we will pick up pick it up based on our taste and we'll deliver it and uh, we'll spend off uh, spend rest of the time for ourselves. I really don't believe that, uh, you know, as people, we should be renting our time to make money. We should actually be doing things that we are absolutely interested in and then devote the rest of the time in things that gives it, uh, gives us a lot of passion for me. You know, it could be meditation. It could be spending time with the kids, uh, things like that. All right. So, um, so by the way, how many kids you got? I kind of curious. Yeah, I have two kids. Uh, my son is seven and my daughter is four. So, you know, it's quite, quite a handful uh, at home. It, it also is fun. But yeah, it's, it's also getting difficult to manage during these times because they're also having this online classes, but it's yeah. quite fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I got four uh, upstairs above me here. And uh, sometimes it sounds like a herd of elephants went through the room. So I, so I have to pre-warn them that I'm not going to do calls. Yes, kids are, they're fun and uh, challenging at the same time. So. Right. But uh, definitely, definitely a blessing. So, well, um, that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And so for a person that's um, kind of jumping back into that thing you mentioned about the startups and, and kind of you work within a startup within the company uh, almost. And uh, what's, a, you know, what are a couple of things, a, a new company getting started, like a startup, and they're, they're just, uh, you know, kind of struggling to gain a little traction. Um, or, what are maybe a couple of things that you would tell them to uh, focus on uh, so they're not, uh, you know, bouncing all over and, and not getting a lot of headway. Right. So what happens in a lot of um, companies is that, you know, I've, I've noticed that uh, people get way too excited about certain technologies and uh, get too ahead of themselves and start developing a product. And then they begin to uh, search, like, whom should I sell this to? Uh, and that becomes a huge problem, right? So it should be the other way around. Uh, the very word uh, product market fit, 
um, I think it should be uh, it should be turned around and said like market product fit, so that you identify uh, whose problem are you solving for and what is that you're solving for. And the problem is always much bigger than your product, right? So if you're thinking that only your product is the solution to this problem, then you probably uh, have got it wrong. There could be multiple ways to solve it, and you could ha- you could think or you should come up with what is the angle that you're going to take. And uh, why is that you are different from somebody else, even in terms of story? Like, um, let's say two products in the industry, which are very similar, solving a very similar problem. But when you have a couple of different features, uh, you have to know why you do what you do. And um, if you're selling features, it's going to be a problem. You have to talk from a solution standpoint. You have to talk from the problem and solution standpoint. I mean, if I don't understand the day-to-day problem of whose issue am I solving for, then it's going to be an issue. So the first thing I say is that, hey, what is that you're solving for? And secondly, if somebody tells me things like, uh, hey, you know what, yeah, we need to do something different. And if they follow it up with who are our competitors, then that's a problem, right? Either if you're doing something different, you have to be different from the competition. Uh, you know, it cannot be an oxymoron where you say that we need to be unique. And then you also don't ask for who is your competition. I mean, you need to identify this space uh, where your competition is, and then you need to build something unique on top of that, and then go into that. So you start, you look at your market, and then you decide your problem, and then you look for what is the solution, what is the angle, you go in that direction, then plan your entire uh, GTM out. You say like, you know, how do I go about this? What are the levers that I'm going to pull? And one of the key aspects with uh, revenue marketing is also that you don't bet on too many channels at one time. Uh, uh, the best thing uh, at a startup is that you don't have to measure 10 different things. You just need to measure one or two things that is mission critical to you and uh, just uh, work around those aspects. So that's where I would start. And I would say that in your GTM, say, uh, what are the channels? Uh, Instead of betting on LinkedIn or on Google AdWords or on Facebook or on email, I would rather run a small experiment. Um, You know, I'll bet equally on like four or five channels and then look at the data and say that, hey, you know what? Uh, For me, Google AdWords is working and then email is working. These are the two top uh, things that are giving me maximum response. Then I'll do that. Maybe I'll also do a a side experiment where I'll definitely do a product hunt. I'll probably reach out to guys on AppSumo and see if I can do a deal with them. I mean, those distribution channels will definitely happen. But if I have to bet on a couple of channels, it has to, um, you know, you have to look back and connect the dots and see how it has worked in the past. Okay, very, very cool. Um, And you'd mentioned something about, um, you know, getting your messaging right and whatnot. Um, Is there kind of, um, like I was thinking of of the, um, like differentiation. Um, do you, any tips on how to, how to, uh, yeah, just how to, how to differentiate your product or, you know, um, my question isn't coming out clearly, but basically how do you differentiate your company over the competition? Got it. Got it. Yeah. So uh, I think this is the differentiation is also uh, from an angle. If you look at it, it's also about positioning yourself. Right. Um, so the way I think about it is more like, in most of the cases, what companies, product companies do is that they look at a product and then they look at the product's features and then they translate those features into problems and then they talk about it as solutions. The reverse formula will never work because at the end of the day, uh, the problem is your content guy who is writing your piece of content has never spoken to a customer or uh, you know have, uh, has never seen how people are using your product what are the top two or three features that they are coming back to every day? Um, When you look look back at that and realize that these are the two things they're coming back to, then your messaging should be around that. 
um for example you know uh, if i can uh, if i can give you a good example then it could be something like your uh, the crazy eggs of the world or probably the kissmetrics of the world uh, you know kissmetrics had a very very uh, nice single outline of what their product does they said like google analytics tells you what what has happened and uh, we tell you who did that you know you cannot get much more simpler than that right uh, very yeah. similarly when you come up with your message you have to talk to your existing customers you have to see uh, why they connect with you what they love about you and derive your messaging from there you should not derive it from the product but you should derive it from the customer uh, and at that point you will realize that many of the jargons that you tend to use uh, you're actually driving away a lot of people right you know if i say that uh, i'm here um, to do marketing orchestration nobody understands what is that you know uh, and nobody searches for what is marketing orchestration right. uh, but at the day uh, if i say that you know what your data uh, tends to be lost and uh, you use multiple devices in your company uh, your data tends to be lost everywhere just connect the dots so that you can have a single source of data or a single source which you can look at which can feed off each other that makes much more sense so it's just like you know talking to those people and seeing that how do they perceive your product and your solutions and deriving your messaging from there just okay. listen to the customers more Awesome. And um, what about um, where is uh, where is your book found um, for if people wanted to pick up your revenue book? Is there something like a website they go to, or is there a? Uh, oh, it's it's on Amazon. Uh, so uh, you know it, they can just search for the revenue marketing book. And uh, the best part is uh, I've kept it free for Kindle. Uh, so if somebody wants to download it, it's just like available right away. Nice. And, uh, and yeah, uh, you know, you can also come to my website, yagneshwaran.com uh, and uh, just go to the uh, books section and you can download the PDF from there as well. So these are the two immediate spots. Excellent. Well, good. Well, awesome. And then again, they find you on, uh, it was LinkedIn. There was one other place, I think you said, oh, your email. My website. My website. Yes. Yeah. Email and my website. Yeah. Okay. And what's your website address again? So it's my first name. That's yagneshwaran.com. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, awesome. Well, I want to thank you for a great interview to hear today. I, I, I got a lot of value out of it. I uh, love the kind of the talk about the, um, the revenue uh, growth uh, story about the chat bot and some of the other stuff that you had there. And that was really exciting. So I think it'll add a lot of value. So I want to thank you again for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Jess. You know, it's, it's fun uh, meeting you face-to-face, uh, -face, albeit virtually. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks again. And uh, everybody else, thank you for listening. And make sure you uh, uh, share this uh, podcast and make sure you give it a positive review. That'd be awesome. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later.